Thank you. It's a wonderful day today. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share tonight, and uh, hopefully this word will really minister to everyone. It's about shaping our worries into prayers. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And I've been studying this for quite a long time, and I really believe that if it doesn't touch anybody else, it is definitely is a word for me. But I know that we're not supposed to worry, but sometimes worries come in unaware. They come in unexpectedly. And when... If we're not careful, we'll catch ourselves um, thinking about things that we shouldn't be thinking about and become worried about it. And, you know, Solomon said that worries would weigh us down. They're not good for us. And when you think about worries, especially from a medical field, you can um, worries can cause headaches, anxiety, uh, backaches, ulcers. I know people that's had ulcers because they just are a constant worrier. And, you know, worry is just, just not good for us. It's not good for us as Christians, and we don't have to worry. And so as I began to study this, I thought, I don't want to be a worry wart. That's something I've never really been, but I have worried. I've, had, I've even said things like, well, I worry about that. But I'm not really sure if I was worrying, but I would make that comment. So we shouldn't worry because, see, God is big. He's greater than any situation, and we don't have to wor worry about it. So the good news is, though, we have this powerful tool that we can use that will help us fight against worry. Does anybody know what that is? Prayer. Exactly. And that's what Wednesday night is. And this is a powerful tool. It helps us combat the spirit of worry when it tries to overtake us. Prayer is one of the most important weapons that we have to defend ourselves against the onslaughts of the enemy. And the more we pray, the more powerful the defense becomes. And as we pray, prayer becomes therapy. We don't have to see a therapist. Prayer becomes our therapy. I mean, we are in the presence of God, and His Word brings healing to our heart, direction, and guidance. So James 5, and, and I, tonight before we get started, I wanted to say I have a lot of scriptures. Write them down because go home and read them for yourself, and especially if you've been dealing with any kind of thing about worry. You know, with, with the way things are going right now, sometimes, you know, that kind of slips in. But James 5, 16, the last part of it in the Amplified says, the earnest, heartfelt uh, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. I like that. So, so prayer is to is power that's available to us. So, what does this mean? It means the more that we are constant in our prayer life. Um, the more that that tool will become available. It'll become powerful. We'll, we'll begin to see uh, bondage broken, chains broken, things, you know, coming out of our lives. I mean, the, the spirit of worry diminishing. The, it, the, the, the weapon itself is just the most powerful weapon, and I love the way the Amplified says it's tremendous power available to us. So just think about this. When God speaks, results happen right? The Bible says that his word is effective. And I like the way the Amplified puts it in Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word that God speaks. So when we're in prayer, God's going to be speaking to us. And the word that he speaks, 
What word is that? I mean, it's going to be pretty powerful. And the Amplified says it's alive. It's full of power. It's making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. And I love, now I'm a practical person, so I like the word effective. Because, <laughs> you know, effective means if, if you were able to get the project done, right? It's pretty powerful. So, so what does his word say about worry and anxiety and stress? So that's what we're going to talk about. In Philippians 4, 6, we're going to break this scripture down. It says, be careful. And I'm reading out of the, or the King James. It says, be careful for nothing. But by everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, the Message Bible puts it this way. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Wow, there's a solution. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concern. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. See, I like that because what happens with worry and anxiety, we get all anxious, don't we? You know, I've got that little little border collie, and boy, he's an anxious little fella, I tell you. And you know, when you get anxious, you need to be calmed down, right? So that you can hear what's going on and see what's going on. And so, so it says it will just come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So I really like the way the Message Bible puts it. So in other words, it says, instead of worrying about everything, we're to pray about everything. First Peter. 5 7 says casting the whole of your care and all of your anxieties and worries and all of your concerns once and for all for he cares for you and um, he cares for you with affection and cares about you watchfully psalms 55 22 cast your burden upon the lord and release the weight of it and he will sustain you he will allow the right he will never allow the righteous to be moved made to slip fall or fail now these are you could go into all kinds of messages and just those two scriptures right there but we're not going to break those down but see prayer gives us the opportunity to cast and release the weight of life's adversities at the feet of jesus and when you're talking about casting those weights down, you know, like I said, Solomon, or um, it, let's see, let's go back, uh, to, la to cast those uh, down at the feet of Jesus. So when we are doing that, then we're shaping our worries into prayer. So instead of worrying about it, bring it to Jesus and cast it before his feet and then release it. Catch and release, just release it, let it go. That's the part that's hard sometimes. Just, just let it go. Just leave it. Walk away. I said, walk away. Walk away from that thing. Because God says, get, get it, let it get out of your life so that you can move forward in what God has for you. Prayer is, like I said, is so powerful. So prayer is an open door of communication used to help us draw into this intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's so powerful to be and to have that relationship with him. So here, let's break down Philippians. And we're going to do this in a short version. But um, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we're going to see four specific words. 
that were used here to describe prayer. Now, there's all kinds of prayer. This is this is not the only, this is not just limited to just this, but tonight we're just going to look at the four types that he's talking about that will help us get rid of this anxiety. So we're going to look at each one of them because they're designed to help us fit into God's perfect plan. And that's what he wants. So the first one he said is um is prayer. He said, be careful for nothing, but by everything, it, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So let's go with the word prayer here. The word prayer here in the Greek, and we'll break it down a little bit, it, it really gives the indication of personal and private worship. Okay, now keep right that personal and private worship. This prayer refers to special times of prayer that we share in devotion with worship our heavenly father so think about this prayer and worship is a very powerful and effective combination and it makes a difference in your life max lucato said this he said our prayers may be awkward our attempts may be feeble but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it our prayers do make a difference and I love that. I thought, boy, boy, that's, that is the truth. I don't have to worry about it. See, when I release it to God, he's the one that is going to take care of it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to be concerned about it any longer. So especially when we make an appointment to spend private time with God. That's prayer outside of our Wednesday night prayer. This is private time. Private time that you're setting aside to... Um, have prayer with the Father and have to communication and build that relationship. Uh, Matthew 6, 6, uh, Jesus said, when you go, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. So he, we don't have to worry about worrying about everything because God sees everything and he will take care of it. In Mark 1.35, and I'm reading these out of the Amplified, it says, And in the morning, long before night, Jesus got up and went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. So this is private, personal worship. This kind of prayer will set you up and give you strength to make the right choices and decisions. Private prayer time opens our heart to receive guidance from God. Not only are we worshiping, but we're opening our hearts. He's speaking to us. He's sharing with us. With us his word and it's during this time that God will begin to show us his heart not only that he will give us instructions on how we can live a blessed life avoid destructive relationships and help us achieve stability and productivity and most importantly how to plant our roots deep to remain stable. It's during that private, personal time, God is saying, okay, I mean, I, I hope I'm not the only one, but you know, when I'm in my private time, the Lord says, okay, get out a pen and paper and write this down. So I'm telling you, get out a pen and paper, write this down. And because I'm like, okay, sometimes you write it down, you think, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. But then as you begin to meditate, see Psalms 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, because his delight is going to be in the law of the Lord, and in his law he's going to meditate. 
day and night. And then you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And your roots are going to go deep. So your private prayer time. This is the time that is really therapy, prayer therapy. It's time when you're just you and God. And you are just having this conversation and you're just real with him. You don't have to hide anything. He knows. You're real with him and he's real with you. You're sharing your heart and he's sharing your heart. So when you have time, go and read uh, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. I don't have time to, to read that. But, but think about this. Sometimes it's really hard for the flesh, anyway, to achieve stability and productivity when you're weighed down with anxiety. And like I said earlier, you know, Solomon said in, in Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but encouraging word makes it glad. Um, so there's nothing more encouraging than being in the presence of God and studying his word. That's the most powerful thing. Now, Corey Ten Boom said this. She said, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and then keep it. I love that. And a, man's, a man is powerful on his knees. And that could be a man or a woman. You know, don't, don't wait to pray when you feel like it. Okay, so if we wait to pray when we feel like it, hmm, I'm not even going to go there with that. Okay, don't pray when you feel like it, but have an appointment like Jesus got up early, went out into the garden, made an appointment with his heavenly father. Spend that time with him and 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 get on your knees and pray. So that's your private prayer. He said, so by everything, I like the way you start out with this word prayer, because that's your personal time. Get yourself strong. Get yourself in the place that God wants you to be so that you can move forward into the next one. And he talks about supplication. Now there's a about a zillions of messages you can have on this one here. But in the Greek, it's, it's kind of indicating that it's a specific benefit, and it refers to a humble and sincere appeal to God. In other words, asking God for something from a place of humility and desperation to a point of begging. We've all probably have been there at one time. I mean, it is really like the SOS prayer. <laughs> You know, you're you're on a desert, deserted island, and it doesn't look like anything's going to work out for you, and you've got this SOS prayer going out. It is a supplication. You're at a point of begging. You want to see God do something. It also can be a form of intercession with, for prayer. We could do that tonight, intercede for ourselves, and intercede for our country, intercede for those that might be in desperate need, people that need prayer, maybe for healing and miracles. I mean, a time of intercession, a time of deep prayer, a time of supplication, a time to be serious with God because somebody's life's at stake here. It's an SOS prayer. It's like, God, I, I need you. I need you now. But also, it's a, it's a humble prayer. And so, sometimes we just need, we could be desperate, but we need to humble ourselves and humble, bring ourselves down and humble ourselves before God. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor and give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. 
So just humble yourself before God and let him, let him take care of it. When we humble ourselves, we can believe that God hears and answers when we pray this prayer of supplication. It's so good. Psalm 6 and 9, you know, David said, The Lord has heard my supplication, and the Lord receives my prayers. Now, you have to do a study of David and realize that when David was writing this psalm, he was in desperate need, and he had the mindset of a pessimistic. He was very negative. I mean, there was some, he had a rightful, I mean, if you look at it, he was going through a, a lot of things, and he was in despair, and he was desperate, and he, his mindset was a state of, it's just, God, it's just not going to happen. God's just not going to do it. You know, the enemy likes to come in and just give all this stuff into your mind so that you can't believe what God has, and you think there's no relief in sight. Hey, I have been there. And I'm sure we all have maybe at one time, but I know what it feels like to feel desperate and to feel like there's no relief in sight. And, and if you're looking at the situation, you know, that's sometimes what happens. But what happened next was that, you know, not only was David had a pessimistic state of mind, and, and he was very, you know, in the state of despair and all these things that he was going through when he wrote this um, psalm, he prayed. And then he said he knew God heard his prayers. So when I read that, I thought what happens is, is when you get in to a prayer of supplication and you know that God has heard your prayers, you change from a pessimistic to an optimistic. All of a sudden you realize Wow, God, he heard my prayers. I don't have to worry about it anymore. What happens is when you get in the presence of God in prayer, prayer changes your perspective. And that's what I call some of the best therapy ever. And I had to think about this one scripture here. When I was, and this has been, of course, a long time ago, but when I was in um, the 12th grade, that was the year that I got saved. I mean, my husband, the year I gave myself to Lord, my life to God, I had a teacher. And back then, you could talk about God. And, and she was in my writing class, and I loved, I mean, I was in her writing class, and I loved to write, and I'd write all these papers. And before I got saved, they were very negative. And she would give me an F on these things. And I always made A's in writing until I got in her class, and now I'm getting F's. And then she'd write on my paper, don't be so pessimistic, Janet. As long as there's God, there's hope. I thought, what's wrong with this woman? She's like, evil. <laughs> and then I find out later on that God really placed her in my life to speak into my life. These things that she did and helped me realize I need to be more positive. So when I got saved, I didn't tell her that I got saved. And instead, we had to write a paper. And I wrote a paper on called My Eternal Christmas. And I started it out with Hebrews. You know, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I wrote this paper. And she called me in front of the whole class. Now, literally, like they cared. And told everybody I got saved. <laughs> And she's witnessing, and I'm, you know, all these people are in this class, and, and I'm like, boy, I'm, you know, I was kind of embarrassed. 
But she was so excited, and that's when I found out she was praying for me and that God put her in my life. And so at the time of desperation, at the time that I felt that nobody was around and I, I didn't have anything, God was setting me up for this. So we don't need to be so negative. We need to be positive because God always makes a way. He sees the future, see, and we don't. He knows what he's got it planned for. I didn't know what the plan was, but he knew what it was. And so here I had this awesome teacher that has sowed into my life, and I still think about her how many years later, 48 years later, I think about how awesome she was in my life. And then to take that further, there was a, a, another young lady in the class who was a Christian, and she said, after she found out that I got saved, she came to me and said, I just wanted you to know that God has laid you on my heart and I have been praying for you to get saved. And I did, and you just, you know, kept missing class. And then she missed, you know, the teacher gets up and gives us testimony and you're a Christian. Well, now this lady is a pastor's wife and they pastor a church in town. And, you know, she just went on. It was just amazing. And I thought, you mean you prayed for me? She said, yes. And so, see, God has these awesome plans for our life. So we don't need to be negative because we don't see the situation or we don't see the relief and we don't see the change. See, one of the things about this type of prayer is that it will arm us with the strength and courage that we need while we wait for relief. Now, I wasn't praying during that time. I wasn't a Christian, but I'm sure that my teacher and this other person were interceding for me and praying for me. And, th and they were needing encouragement to see. You ever pray for someone you think they're getting worse instead of better? <laughs> and you think, I need to stop praying because they're getting worse. And you wonder how much further they're going to go down the road. I mean, when are they going to? You think they've already reached the bottom, and they're thinking, no, i got another 10 feet to go. <laughs> You're like, how much lower can you go? You know, but you think I'm going to quit, give up. I'm going to give up and quit praying. But God doesn't want us to. He wants us to intercede. He wants us to continue to pray because this is not only therapy for us. Not only does it help us when we humble ourselves and pray, uh, but it, uh, it, it just shows us that God is going to give us a peace that we need until we see the results. And he's faithful. I believe that we will see the results uh, of the things that we pray for. You know, the, the Bible talks about different people that interceded. You can, you can read about Moses, how he was, he asked to see the God's glory. And that was in Exodus 33, 18. And he said, I beseech you. I want to see, he earnest, I, God, I want to see your glory. I mean, it was just like, he was just, show this to me. And he was so adamant about it. How Hannah, remember her? She asked for a son. I mean, she was like beside herself in prayer about this. And God, and she was, makes me think she was truly supplicating and praying about this and um, Esther how she prayed for the deliverance of the people but think about this in John 17 the most powerful one where Jesus asked for strength on the cross and the power for us for his believers he interceded and prayed and supplicated for us it's so powerful and you know what he didn't look like he was seeing any results right away you know he didn't give up. And that's what we have to do. We cannot give up. We have to continue to pray. So 
the next one is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving means to be thankful, of course, and refers to thanking and praising God for all that he is and all that he has done for us. This is an action word. It requires some action on our part. It should come from the heart. The Bible says in Psalms 107, 8, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And when you read Psalms 107, you will see that this whole chapter is dedicated to the praises and thanking of, of God. It's pretty powerful. Uh, Psalms 95, 2, he says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. So my question to you is, do you have a prayer of thanksgiving in your heart? And we should. Someone once said that happy moments, praise God. Difficult moments, um, seek God. Quiet moments, worship God. Painful moments, trust God. But every moment, thank God. And I thought, boy, I don't know who wrote that, but I thought, that is good. I like that. So the next one is the, the prayer of request, and it means petition. It refers to a specific and definite request. Our prayer is not to be so general or too general, but very specific. We are to lay out before God exactly what is needed, and we're not to fear that we're being too detailed. You ever ask somebody about something and they give you the details and you're like, really? I, I, I don't need the details. Now, David don't like the details. I'm a person, I like to share the details. I like to go, well, back in 1942, <laughs> you know, I like to go back to the very beginning because that's the important part of the story, you know, <laughs> but with God, you don't have to fear that, you know, you can go back and tell him every little detail of your life and be very specific in your prayer. Um, and you're not going to bother him when you do that. But it's important to know that when we pray this kind of prayer, that we're to be in harmony with the will of God. Because when we pray according to his will, then we know our prayers will be answered in harmony with his perfect will. And that's what we need to understand. When we make a specific request, we need to ensure that we're requesting something that's in the will of the Father. Now, I can tell you, is, is healing, is that his will? Absolutely. Salvation, is that his will? Absolutely. Peace of mind. You can go into the Word and find out what the will of God is. But be specific when you pray this type of prayer. But I think that's pretty powerful. So think about this. Prayer is not just about asking God for a favor. But it's also helping us understand his will and obeying it. So when we're praying, it's not just always about God, what I need you to do this for me. But it's about God speaking to us and telling us what his will is and how we can grow and develop and be all that he has called us to be. Ephesians 2 and 12 says, In whom, because of our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, courage, and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. In other words, we can go to God boldly to the throne, according to Hebrews 4.15, and we don't have to be afraid. We can take our request to him. First um, John 5.15 says, And if we know that he hears us, Remember back when, when uh, David says, I know God hears me. Man, you know, when you know that God hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire. 
of him. And I love that scripture. So the last part of Philippians says in 4-7, it says the peace of God can guard our hearts. And this is like my favorite type of teaching. I love, I've got a whole bunch on this stuff and I love it. But in a nutshell, let's say it this way. Those who choose prayer and trust during, during times of anxiety and stress and worry, you can experience a peace of God. Because that's what he's saying. And this is pretty powerful when you go into the peace of God. But the word here is when he's talking about how the peace of God will guard your heart. And that's a really awesome teaching there. So you go into the guard. I was looking this up today, and I this was new for me. I didn't know it, so I was excited to, to learn it. But it said the Greek word here for guard is, is related to a military term that described what a garrison of truth did in order to guard a fortified city. Now, I think that's a whole, t I'm going to dig into that because see, that was like a revelation for me and this is good stuff. So the heart here, of course, is seen as something to protect at all costs because it influences all of life. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep and guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. When you go into one interpretation, it said it flows the offsprings of life. Now, what are the offsprings? That could be your, your children, your grandchildren, moving forward, but it also can be the things that we speak. Death and life are in the power of our tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So we can, we got to guard what we say and what we do because it's going to produce, see, it's going to produce. We want it to produce life. We want it to produce an offspring. We want it to go from generation to generation to generation, the things that we say. So I thought that was pretty powerful. So the peace of God protects a person emotionally and mentally. That's important to know because there's battles that are going on and we need that emotional and mental peace of mind. And we have to guard our hearts with all diligence as a militant stand, we got to guard our hearts like we would a fortified city. We've got to take a stand on what goes into our minds and our spirits so that we can be strong and go before God boldly and make our requests known to him and pray according to his will. So the peace of God protects a person emotionally and mentally. It helps him to avoid becoming overwhelmed by distressing problems. So simply putting it, prayer is where you will discover the secret of freedom. And I'm telling you, God wants to set those free today. And he has this plan. He wants you to be free in, in so many areas of our lives. So as we pray, think about this. Think about those types of prayers, the, pr the prayer of devotion and supplication and thanksgiving and petition when we come before the Lord. The next time you, you make an appointment with him and talk with him about, the, about his word and what he has for your life. So that is all that I have.